I think all of this has so much to do with, you know, the conversation we often have about choosing high quality food. Like, yeah, it's going to be more expensive, but it's also going to nourish your health, which in the long run is actually going to cost you less money. And this, yeah. I, the thing is, the same goes with skincare and makeup. You, you are choosing to nourish your health when you are voting with your dollar to buy non-toxic products and you are doing a disservice to your health when you are buying the toxic stuff in the long run you're going to pay with your health You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knabel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey girl, hey. Hey girl, hey. We're dancing in our Zoom call window right now in the background. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of enjoying this recording in my PJ's business. Um, yes. I'm totally wearing the same thing I had on last night. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had this on last time we recorded too, actually. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. I won't tell. She's wearing snowflake jammies. I'm wearing my fuzzy snowflake jammies. Well, they look very Norwegian. I do like the Norwegian looking PJs. That I that's funny. Yeah. Well, you know I, I wholeheartedly support that, so <laughs> Scandinavian. All the way. Well, I, I'm looking outside my window. I can see my window while I'm recording, and it is so dang foggy outside that I can't even see I can like barely see my neighbor's house across my street. And I live on a sleepy suburban neighborhood type situation. Like I cannot believe I can't see my neighbor's house. It just makes me want to like drink warm drinks and wrap up and blankets and <laughs> heck yes have soup turn on a <laughs> fireplace <laughs> i feel you on that one i feel you it's which is uh, funny it's like a beautiful clear gorgeous sunny blue sky fall day here which i think is coming i hope because so. i live on, it I live on a hill like i live on the tip top of a hill and i think i'm the last in this area to see sunshine when there's fog involved because it mm. like lifts and then I stay in it forever. So I'm I'm seeing the sun behind you on your wall and I have hope it's coming. It's there. It's coming in. You it's coming it. in. Okay. Well, well girl. Cassie, I know that we have so many things we could always talk about in this like what's up and like how are you doing section, but I specifically asked for can we tend I want to hear what you're into. I haven't caught up with Cassie on like food <laughs> and supplements in such a long time. So I want to hear, is there anything you're up to that you want to chat about with your food or supplements? Yeah. So I'm doing a lot of different things with my food and supplements right now, but let's just, just chat about supplements. So you all know I've been dealing with lots of immune issues and so not cool. It's really not cool, but we're, we're, we're fixing it. We're, I'm 
I'm, I'm fed up and I'm fixing it. <laughs> Roll so, punches. Right. Just trying to make it work. So um, what I'm doing right now is actually uh, an adaptogenic herb and elderberry tea every single day. And this is Ooh. something that my naturopath had me do many years ago when I got Epstein-Barr virus. And which is like a it's a herpes simplex virus, but it's very related to mono. And it can mm. technically they say that that once you have it, you can um, you're pretty much immune at that point. It's unlikely that you'll get it again, but it's not impossible. And the last time I was sick like this for a solid, you know, two months plus and felt extreme fatigue on the daily, et cetera, it was this Epstein-Barr virus, which again is like a sister to mono. So not cool. very not cool um and kind of sticks with you and Epstein-Barr has been connected to autoimmune conditions and kind of that you know cascade of things that can happen in your body after you have some sort of like traumatic health event and so I am taking this very seriously <laughs> and trying to incorporate some of those things that really helped me heal the first time around. And so this tea was one of them. So it cool. is uh, astragalus, dandelion root, burdock root. Um, trying to think. Uh, I don't have it off the top of my head. Elderberry, uh, some orange peel, which is really um, dried orange peel, which is really rich in quercetin. Um mm. And there are a few other little things that are very specific to me that I'm not going to share because I don't want you guys to go making some crazy herbal concoction. Um, <laughs> no, that's amazing. So are you finding all these things in bulk and then mixing it yourself? Yeah. So I generally um, order mine through um, Mountain Rose Herbs. They're out of Eugene. And you can also find a lot of this stuff at like natural grocers, probably in the, the bulk food section. So I get all organic and they're all like the, like the stragulus is like the root. It's like, I'm throwing like pieces of tree bark in my, in my, <laughs> my cup and, uh, and some of it's shredded, uh, root and the elderberries are, you know, dried and the orange peel is dried, et cetera, but it's all really condensed nutrition and you can do all of that. in like a wellness tincture there, it's very easy to find like an alcohol based wellness tincture, but I loved the routine that came with the tea and I was very good about drinking it every single day. And so you literally make a quart of this tea you have to steep everything in it and it's like about a quarter ounce of each herb. And then I do half an ounce of elderberry to like give it an extra punch and I will steep it for at least 15 minutes. I usually steep it for like 30 plus and then strain mm. it and I just drink it throughout the day. And so be real. Does it taste good? It tastes, a it tastes good. It doesn't taste bad. I should say it's a little medicinal tasting uh the liquor like the elderberry and the licorice root and the um the orange peel really helped make it taste pretty pretty good but i feel like my tastes have changed so much over the years that something that used to be horribly disgusting to me is actually <laughs> i don't know if it's because the psychology behind it's different like i understand if i was to drink something like that now I'd probably be jazzed to drink it because i know what it's doing for my body whereas before i probably would have been like why <laughs> why are people drinking this yeah I you know don't. so I think mindset's totally the name of the game yeah I don't mind it I really don't mind it and it's nice to have like an additional ritual and the interesting piece of it too is I feel like I have to up my water intake a little bit because I'm drinking this tea 
because licorice root is in fact a diuretic. So it's not just Mm. like I'm adding, you know, all of these herbs and it's just like drinking water. Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's not like this majorly, you know, it's not a ton of diuretic, but a little bit. So I've had to just enough. Yeah. So even though I'm drinking like a quart of tea, I feel like I have to up my water intake to feel my best too, which is really interesting. So I have some, I'm sipping on some warm lemon water right now with a pinch of sea salt. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love it. So in this, you find yourself just being a lot more intentional about the the things that you know are going to be helping you in this season. Yeah. There's quite a few supplements and different things that I've incorporated in the last couple of weeks because I just had that big realization where I was like, okay, this isn't just you being sick off and on for two months. This is something else some greater immune challenge and regardless that like I don't need to go get tested for Epstein-Barr necessarily I'm just going to um stay the course and nourish my gut and nourish my my immune system and see what happens so and I'm that's so cool I'm working with a practitioner I'm not just doing this myself so cool yeah dude I'm watching you through this process I'm just like (laughs) dang man when you get sick off and on so close together it's enough to be like and i'm fed up i will do all the things i will do all the things i will do do all the things bring bring it like yeah that's just not cool yep well i'm happy for you that you feel like you're got a plan of action how are you feeling these days much better much much better um been working on sleep and just really focusing on I took a step back from the gym, actually, and that's actually helped a lot, which it was another reason why I was like, okay, this extreme fatigue is not just, you know, me working too hard at the gym because I wasn't even doing that much as far as like my abilities are concerned. And I was just flat on my face, exhausted all the time. So just taking it. It's okay, you guys. It's okay to take a break from the gym, taking a break from the gym. So this is a total what if, but let's say... 10 years ago would you have done the same thing for your body or would you have known your body well enough to know that something's up or would you powered through it oh no not at all not at all i would have just i well i that was like pre holistic nutrition completely so that's why i said I 10 years <laughs> yeah i would have i, like, I would have patched that shit up with some nyquil and some dayquil and um just kept going to the gym and whatever so yeah just tried to trudge through it i think so many people still do that because that whole mentality of like i'm just i'm gonna tough it out yeah is I, such a prevalent thing in our society if we're, we're just gonna tough it out we're gonna we're gonna power through this and it's like well hold on your body's asking you to freaking rest like just listen <laughs> well it's asking you to yeah listen it's not, and i think that that's something i really hope to teach my children is um how to read their body signals and act accordingly because you know that whole mentality of like unless you're throwing up or you have a fever you just deal yeah you tough it, it out that i feel like what i'm learning now is though those are like your body's we are putting on the emergency e-brake that's like part. last resort make you yeah. rest. that's your body being like okay i put up all the signs and you're not listening so let me so just throw let me just throw this undeniable one out. Yeah, let's put a wrench right in those spokes, man. We're just gonna stop you. Yeah. And I I hope to be able to teach my kids how to read signals differently. It's funny, my dad got sick about five days ago, five, six days ago, and my dad never gets sick. And I looked at him and I'm so fortunate that he listens to me, but I was like, okay, so 
if we're going to come at this from a non-medicine approach, like, let's see what we, your immune system will do. Because he normally, he always gets, like, crazy clean bill of health when he gets physicals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because cholesterol levels are great. Like, and um, but, you know, he's getting older. And so I said, I said, when you're coming at this, we're going to hit this hard and we're going to hit it often. Because he's like, I just don't have time to be sick. And I'm like, okay, so let's do all the immune support things. And I brought up... Um, uh, an essential oil diffuser I brought up a uh, humidifier I brought up elderberry syrup that sat next to his little table there and he took lozenges all day long and like um we did some adaptogen spray several times throughout the day and I would go in and check on him and be like did you did, did you take the stuff like did you do the things and the second day he woke up and I told him I warned him you're not gonna feel it's not like medicine where it goes away it's like, oh, the sudden your symptoms are gone because we're not putting a Band-Aid on this. You're still going to feel the the ride of this cold or whatever you've got. And the second day, he didn't feel a whole lot better. Um, some of his symptoms were a bit better, but he was tired. He was like really tired. And I was like, great. I'm like, that's your body doing its job. So don't fight it. Like, don't fight it. I had him do the same schedule. And then he woke up on the third day and he had a mildly sore throat and he was like, this isn't working. And I was like, hold on. We're still riding this wave, okay? (laughs) It's only three days, people. Yes, I was like, but think about it. Most people, they get to this point and they they take medicine and they power through it. And then about a week into it, it can turn into things like bronchitis or pneumonia. It like progresses. You're not not actually resting and you're not actually um, addressing the foundational issue. You're just blank, like putting a Band-Aid on your symptoms. Yes, exactly. And so... Uh, this is the first time that my dad had to take in the approach of we're going to support your immune system and let your body do its thing. And I'm really proud of him on Sunday. He has a lot of responsibilities because he does a lot with um, our church and I'm really proud of him. He showed up for 10 minutes of the service and then he went home, did what he had to do and then went home and he rested, which is I've never seen him do that. <laughs> and uh, what day are we on Thursday now? Um, But by Monday, uh, most of his symptoms were gone, but he's like his brain. He's like, my brain still, I can't like seem to like do things quickly. You know, my thoughts don't come to me as quickly. Um, He's like, but I'm a little bit less tired, but a lot of his like sniffles were a lot less. His throat wasn't sore. And by Tuesday, he was feeling mostly like himself. And yesterday he was like, he's like, I feel like I'm like back. And I was like, that was awesome. I high fived him. I'm like, we did it. Oh, and we also pulled out the core shots, the vitamin c core shots yes so we just did all the kind of the we i referred him back to that episode that we've done (laughs) two episodes we've done cold and blue episode people and um and he was really careful about not having um any wheat or flour because that was also part of like my protocol so i'm just really proud of him it's really fun to watch people take control of their own health because he when his throat got sore on i think it was saturday he was like all right here we go like he was fully like prepared for it to be this full long event because he's like by the time my throat gets sore it's this train i can't stop and i was like well we'll we'll see (laughs) we shall see (laughs) so i'm really proud of him for like taking my advice seriously and like actually taking the stuff i mean granted i said it in front of him i was like here do this (laughs) but family is so hard you know it is and you want them to feel like they have some autonomy and that they can take control of their own life yes I was just like trying to be this like gentle like here take this and then just let him do it because he's also a questioner so I was like I know that he needs to decide that this is important Mm -hmm. like I can't make him 
see it and he won't do it just because I gave it to him, you know? So anyway, I'm just really proud. So I'm really happy for you that you're feeling better and that you found some relief because and nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, for sure. But I'm trying to trying to listen. Be a good example. Yeah, I, I think you're doing a good job, though. <laughs> Thanks. I, I think honestly, like having to do show notes for a lot of these things is such a good reminder for both of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is my secret cold and flu weapon. Maybe I should use it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. That does really work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right. It is a good reminder. Yeah. It's been really interesting digging back into like my full protocol that I did when I had Epstein-Barr and looking at like the different changes that I made with my nutrition. And interestingly, fasting was one of them. So when you spend some time fasting and fasting is different for everybody and works for some people, doesn't work for others, works very well for me. Um, And I have a few different versions of fasting that I've played with over the years and when I do, man, my like my immune system kicks on and kicks whatever I'm dealing with. So I'm playing with a little bit of that again right now. And it's been kind of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's scary to some people. But listen, it's pretty natural to go through periods where you don't have food to eat. And I promise you, you have enough body fat. Even if you're a skinny person, you have enough body fat to uh, to deal. Sustain. To deal. Yeah. Um. Okay. So... On that note, like, did we go over what you're into yet? I don't think so. We've just spent forever on this. Oh my gosh, we've just been talking. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, my mine is mine's actually a beauty product that I've been really into, and it's funny. I I get to about mid November, which it's mid November for us while we're recording right now, and when I don't have exposure to the sun, I get less tan and I look washed out like I don't enjoy the way I look when I'm less tan when I mean even like I will get tan on the most casual sun exposure like I get tanned very easily but I live in the Pacific Northwest I'm looking at a blanket of clouds right now I like I'm like living in a cloud at the moment so <laughs> uh so I pulled out this product that I've been I bought I think at the beginning of the summer um thinking I would use it but I just I just don't really find that I need this in the summertime but it's a sunless tanner and The thing about this was, is I was using a sunless tanner before that I threw out and it made me really, really sad because I loved it. And, but it had less than desirable ingredients in it. Some of the preservatives weren't great. It had some mineral oil in it. And I just was like, I just can't. I, I just knew too much at that point. I just was like, no. So uh, last spring I started looking for recommendations for sunless tanner because part of the problem is is finding a sunless tanner that doesn't turn you orange mm-hmm. right that actually has like a nice olivey tone and I found this one called beauty by earth and this is a natural sunless tanning um, with organic ingredients and really it is the cleanest lotion let alone a sunless tanner that I have found it's like one of the cleanest ones and they use such good ingredients in here. Like the first list, first is uh, aloe. Love it. And the, I can never say this right, so forgive me if I say this wrong. The dihydroxyacetone, I think I said that right that time, is the reason why this product gives you the sunless tan, right? And it is sugarcane derived. Typically, that is chemically derived. Like it's made, it's manufactured. And so most people that are looking for a sunless tanner are seeing that ingredient or they see 
what's and they're just like well that's just what it is but it's it's not very good for you (laughs) so i'm really excited about this because i used it for the first time yesterday and i know that this is something i should be into all the time but i am so pleased by the results and i was a little nervous because i'm I'm used to using a sunless tanner that has a bronzer in it so i can see where it's been i can see where it's going and how even the application is but this is like a lotion lotion and i was really worried i was just like oh gosh i'm gonna streak myself and I'm really pleased. I actually think that they it developed in about six hours and uh, all the typical methods for me like exfoliating before and then uh, hydrating like my knees and my elbows still worked. Like it worked just like a traditional one. It has the same color profile. You can layer it. So like if you don't get the same color that you want, then you can the next day put more on. So and I got it on Amazon. How does it smell? It doesn't. Not at all? No, not sense. really. Like, let's see. Because I can't. It might a little I can't bit. stand the smell of sunless tanners, and I'm sure it has oh, to it, do with. Sun. Oh no! It. You know what's funny is it didn't smell to me until it started to develop, okay. and then it smelled like sunless tanner. Okay, interesting. So it actually smells like coconut when it first comes out. It's got coconut oil in it and coconut pulp extract. I think that's part of the smell, and vanilla vanilla fruit extract. So that's probably why it smells the way it does when it first comes out. Let me smell it again. How did you apply it? Do you you use like a mitt or do you just use your hands? I use my hands, but I kind of regret using my hands because um, I didn't clean underneath my fingernails well enough. So my underneath my fingernails um, yellowed a little bit, Um, which I'm like, I'm going to cover it up and put a set of nails on pretty soon anyway. So (laughs) it's not that big a deal. But if you have nails on or if you are if you go get manicures and things like that and you want to protect them, um, I actually use the beauty counter baby balm on my knees and my elbows and my heels and, um, on my fingers, but I didn't pay attention close enough to my fingernails. So just make sure you spread it around your fingernails really well and you should be fine. And then I wash my hands immediately afterwards, but I wish I would have had a, a better application on my hand itself. Um, I'll probably try a slightly different application. I always really like mitts. I think mitts are a really great way to go. But this formula, it's not like a gel or anything. It's like a lotion. So you know when you get too much lotion on your hands and you put it on your legs and it takes forever to rub it in? Yes. This does the same thing. So mitts might be kind of challenging to you. So I'll give an update if I like the mitt. But Beauty by Earth, self-tanner. I'm really enjoying it. The color is awesome, which is everything, let's face it. So that's what I'm into. Yay! I love it. Today, we're going to spend some time chatting about Genevieve's recommendations for what to spend on versus what you can, like, you know, fudge on, I guess we would say. Uh, yeah like what to spend on versus like budget beauty buys and where you can afford to scrimp and where you should be spending so um i'm really excited for this conversation because there's i think there's a lot of things that that we recommend and we talk about that may be cost prohibitive for some and there's a reason for that you know there's we're always striving to have like this cleaner lifestyle and uh, that means searching for cleaner and safer products, which means they often have a higher price point. They don't always, and they don't always have to. Um, so far, that's the case. Yeah. I think that's what we're all working towards is voting with our dollar and 
showing the industry that we want and expect better and where, you know, our dollar is definitely our vote at the moment because the beauty industry is massive. The beauty industry is this um, incredible force that <laughs> cannot be reckoned with in any other way. Yeah. Than voting with our dollar. Yeah. And I think, you know, just going into this conversation, please know that we are very sensitive that everybody has a different budget that maybe something that's budget friendly in our consideration might not be budget friendly for you. And that's okay. We're just presenting the information. Um, you know, you do what you need to do with your budget and your lifestyle and you can yes. find, find loopholes and things here and there. Um, and if it's, you know, you do you and, and we get that everybody's income and budget is different. So yeah, um, it also has to do with your own personal priorities. And- absolutely. Yep. You know, where I would spend my money is not where somebody else would spend their money. But being able to present the why behind all of this, I think, is going to help everyone decide what is important to them. Yeah. And until I learned about the toxicity in personal care products, I really, you know, I could see spending a lot of money on my food. But I had a very hard time seeing spending money on beauty products. I didn't make that connection And, you know, so many of these topics, once you know, you cannot unknow this shit and you're just like, okay, um, time to swap out. Oh, now what? Now what? All of my makeup, all of my skincare. But I feel like there's a few different areas here where, um, I'm very excited to share that someone could just jump over to the drugstore or a health food store and find something that can work for them. And then yes. it's especially helpful too, like maybe you you already shop with Beauty Counter or other non-toxic brands and you run out of something and you want to be able to run to the store and replace it with something. So this could be some good options as far as convenience is concerned as well. Yeah, there's there's definitely things that you can run to the local XYZ for. And then there's other things where you probably should just online shop. <laughs> well, online shopping is so lovely because hi, oh, stuff delivered to your door. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> my husband, I was talking about going, going shopping for Black Friday, Cyber Monday stuff. And I was talking to him and I just was like, oh yeah. And I'm going to pick you up this, this, and this on Black Friday. And he's like, wait, you're going shopping on Black Friday. I'm like, no, I'm going online. <laughs> like, what? Are you? I'm, I am going to order things on the interwebs and they will be delivered to my doorstep. No, I'm not going shopping on Black Friday. Yeah, you crazy. Yeah, I'm not, shop. I'm not leaving this He's house. Like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> oh. I know it's amazing how much things have changed in that regard. So like, much. Why are you gonna camp outside a store? Who are you? Don't need to do that for an extra five percent off your big screen TV when you could just yes. buy it for the twelve percent off it on bestbuy.com i don't even know people are crazy i don't even know no offense no offense you guys if you're black friday lovers and you go do all the i totally get it when it's like a traditional thing you know it's like something that you look forward to because of all the other things like the the family and the food and then you know you you enjoy like strategizing together i totally get it my family always does the sock sale at fred meyer the sock sale that's (laughs) pretty yeah that's that's tradition i can see that (laughs) we never get into the sock sale yeah, I don't know why? I don't know. I don't ever have to buy socks because my mother-in-law buys all my socks at the sock sale at Fred Meyer. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> okay, sale. girl, tell us. Let's mm-hmm. let's break it down and tell us kind of your approach to this whole, you know, spend versus save. Yeah, for sure. So, 
it was funny trying to categorize this in a way that made sense to people but my first category is that every every person needs so this category is things that you because so many people are like well I don't wear makeup and then well I don't really do that I'm I'm a use my body wash on my face kind of person in the shower which please don't do that but I recognize those people are out there so there are certain things that every person needs like shampoo and conditioner was my first one everybody needs some form of shampoo and conditioner in some way shape or form and in my opinion this is a spend the money category like cheap hair shampoo and conditioner can be all sorts of problems and i've bought and we're talking about in like the non-toxic clean and you know plant-based all of the things when you buy those things in budget form you actually are going to deal with all sorts of like build up on your hair product styling is not going to work the same all of a sudden you find if you do color your hair it's gonna look weird really quickly like spend the money because hair is one of the hardest categories to formulate for in the non-toxic clean way uh so definitely if you're a little like weary of spending the money on the hair you will you will be grateful that you did because you'll be able to have more control over your hair you'll be able to style it the way you want and it'll look the way you want and your your investment in getting your hair cut and colored will last you longer if you're spending the money on this because the formulation is really challenging so it's going to show up in how expensive it is to purchase every yeah. time i when i first started using non-toxic um shampoo and conditioner i was just getting it from natural grocers and mm-hmm. uh the brand i was buying was it was it was causing a ton of buildup in my hair and i was like i Thanks. hate my hair it's like flat on my head it won't do what i wanted to do it won't rinse out. It won't hold style. And so I just found like I would go get my hair done because I still do the color and the cut and all, you know, all those things like we haven't gone 80, fully, 20, 90, 10. <laughs> haven't gone fully non-toxic there. You know, something's got to give. Um, so we get it, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was spending all this money on cut and color and then like wearing a freaking hat for like eight weeks and then getting my hair cut and colored again and wearing a hat. It's like, what's the point? So yeah, what's the point? I it is an investment in getting your hair cut and colored. And I kind of, you know, it was one of those things where I kind of just thought, well, I guess this is, you know, if I want to be healthy, I have to sacrifice performance and this is just how it has to be. And yeah. I looked and looked and looked for like a salon quality brand that would do what I wanted it to do. And I just couldn't find anything. And then um, I switched to the beauty counter, just the daily shampoo and conditioner. I've tried all the, my favorite. Yeah. I've tried all the Mm -hmm. other ones. Um, I've tried the volume and shape and I do filter those in sometimes or cycle them in, I should say. Um, But I like just the daily shampoo and conditioner. It's the only thing I found that doesn't cause buildup in my hair. Um, That being said, it's still natural and non-toxic. So I do like an apple cider vinegar rinse with my hair every, you know, so often, and that helps a lot to like get some of the buildup out that can still happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. I was going to say that you, this is a category of spend the money, but where you can fudge a little bit and is actually wise to do is to get a clarifying shampoo mm-hmm. or something that discusses on the bottle about um, getting rid of product on the hair. It's usually clarifying or volumizing uh the the key for me is making sure that there's no fragrance in it mm-hmm. there is no sls so sodium lauryl sulfate and um, making sure that there are no parabens 
Yes. Those are the key for me. Those are the really important ones because those are the huge offenders in the shampoo, conditioner, like hair styling world. So I have one shampoo that lives in my shower that I use probably like maybe once a month just to make sure that I've got the buildup of like dry shampoo off my hair <laughs> and like plant-based stuff. Cause I also have apple cider vinegar wash that I really love. Um, but it's not super budget, but it's kind of like mid range price, but it is really nice to have something clarifying. Cause even in the conventional world, it's, it's still important to clarify your hair from all the junk and the environment and the stuff every now and then anyway but you can kind of fudge with that because it's not something you're using every time you shower yeah so um and i that that's just my personal thing on spend the money versus fudge are there any other brands besides beauty counter that you recommend that are kind of like in this splurgy but non-toxic category for hair care for shampoo and conditioner yes there is this company called ag hair care I have to give this with a preface. They have fragrance in their title, but they tout that it's natural. Who knows what's in there? It's, it's It turns into those. There's just certain things you can trust and there's certain things you can't trust. I have looked and looked and looked for hair care that te- checks off all of my boxes. And if it doesn't have fragrance, it's got a mineral oil. If it doesn't have a mineral oil or fragrance, then it's usually got a paraben in it. And... It's like it's every company has such different policies that for me it turned into, okay, where is it on the ingredients list? Is it like high up? Because if you look at most conventional hair care, fragrance is really high. It's very high because it's trying to mask the kind of weird smells of everything else they've got in there. Um, So is so this hair care line, they have an apple cider vinegar shampoo and conditioner that I really do like. And it's clarifying enough for me. Doesn't weigh my hair down. Um, and I do cycle in the beauty counter volumizing sometimes, but just not very often because I find that I have to like really wash my hair to make sure I get all of the product out. But this AG hair care, I find that I can just use it like I normally would, like traditionally use it. Um, but they to further my love for AG, AG hair care, they also have hair care products because beyond shampoo and conditioner, this is kind of separate finding styling products that actually work that aren't just total trash is surprisingly hard surprisingly hard but I found a uh like a volumizing mousse that I really like I found this one's actually my favorite it's an apple cider vinegar leave-on mist and I need a leave-on mist because of my bleached hair and if I don't do something really nourishing for my hair it my the cuticles just stay up and then it it stays I get tangles like crazy if I don't um, and then the final product I love from them is a rose hip balm and it's a hair dry lotion is what they call it and you can use it on damp hair but it'll help your hair dry faster and it will also protect your hair if you're blow drying it or using heat products and mm. this smooths out a lot of the like um, it, it just makes my hair look less straw like with all of the bleach in it and I love it and literally it is the last ingredient on the list is fragrance and it says it's natural I would love to know more about that but everything else on here is so clean. Okay, I recognize cool. everything on this list. It's really long, which when you see an ingredients list that's really long, you know that it's been formulated with care because you can DIY for a lot of these things and make the ingredient list short, but the performance is not quite going to be there. It's when people start like really working with formulas and working with complex formulas is when things start to really like the magic really happens so i really like this ag hair care this this is their 
natural line. They also have conventional line, but they have a natural line. And that's the one I'm talking about. The AG hair natural line. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll link it for everybody in the show notes for sure. So the next thing on my list that I really want to talk about is actually body wash. This one, okay, I hope everyone is washing their body because <laughs> that needs to happen. Okay, please, please, please wash your body. It's not just for teenagers and their hygiene. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, and in this category is a fudge for me. I feel like there are many options because it's a put it on your body and wash it off. And I don't mean fudge as in buy whatever you want fudge as in you don't need to buy the most expensive body wash out there so the reason why is because our turnover rate on our body our cell turnover rate on our body is actually a little bit faster than our face we have got more resilient skin on our bodies our it's meant to handle more than our face just don't use body wash on your face please (laughs) surprised how many people do that I'm like, no, it's it's so lacking in all of the finesse that you find in face products. That's, that's like a different category. Uh, but I will say that I absolutely do love the Beauty Counter Body Wash. And because I've had the same bottle for a year. And because you need the tiniest amount to do so much work. And it's replaced my shaving cream. So it's you really can fudge. It's very creamy. So you don't it really is. need... Yeah, it lathers and it really lathers well. Like crazy. Yep. Yep. So I think that you can, in, in a pinch, you can go to like natural grocers, Whole Foods, that sort of thing. And as long as you're finding something without fragrance, which is surprisingly hard to find in those stores. So you have to read your ingredient in the bottle. Yeah. Just because uh, you're shopping at Whole Foods doesn't mean you don't have to look at your ingredient list. 100%. So SLS and fragrance are some of the big and and parabens are some of the big ones that you're going to find there so if you can find one without those three ingredients i'd say it's a go i like it i like alifa alifa brand and then and then um it's like everybody 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 soaps what we use in our house because my kids will go they go through soap like crazy so right we have it turns out kids don't know how to use a small amount um right but we have the beauty counter one but you know yes yes when you run out of soap it's not okay, I'm going to wait for shipping. It's, I need this tomorrow. <laughs> the funny part is my husband is always on me about shampoo and um, and body wash from Beauty Counter because those are what we use in our home for mm-hmm. the adults. And he is like, you, for some reason, you never have a backup of these. And I'm like, it's because they last us like six months. I don't know. Like, I know we had the same one for a how year. I, how am I going to remember that? Yeah. Ours, ours won't last a year. Josh is very liberal. <laughs> well, it's just, yeah, it's just my kiddos. So if it was the whole family, we'd probably go through it just as fast. <laughs> but so that's, that's my thoughts on body wash. You can the fudge next one, on body wash. You can definitely, I think you really can. So the next one is facial cleanser. Spend the money. So Everybody's this is really everybody surprising their, they to should me. wash their face. This you know is really I mean? surprising to me because for me, I'm like, well, you like lather it up and it washes off your face. Like, tell me why it matters so much. Uh, so, well, I also have to give a little caveat. So it's spend the money if you have a certain skin type. If you have another skin type, you can probably fudge a little bit. Okay. With some more caveats. So. Spend the money. If you are in the dry skin or acneic skin category, you need to spend the money because a cleanser could make or break your situation. This is me. 
Right. Well, okay. So, you know, it's funny. I've been having really fun conversations lately of people that have been like listening to our podcast or um, following me on social media and they're finding results. And some of the things I was talking about, like through the summer where I'm like, look, if you've got if you got whiteheads, if you got blackheads, if you have even a dry patch on your face, you have dry skin. Yeah. Everywhere. Like, you I don't, don't have, care if you, you get oily in your T-zone. Combination oily skin. Like combination oily skin is a in between status it's not a permanent skin status well also yeah i mean it's just more often driven by having dry skin like that's why you're having excess sebum production yeah and usually um the combo skin that have like the the t-zone oil also have whiteheads and blackheads that tells you you have dry skin right there and people are finding results off of changing their cleanser and changing their moisturizer situation and they're like oh I don't have combo skin. Okay. (laughs) So with your facial cleanser, spend the money if you're dry or acneic. If you're not sure that you're dry, you probably are. (laughs) Just saying. Right. Um, But if you find yourself having normal skin or if you're combo skin and you don't have blackheads and whiteheads, but you still get a little oily in your your T-zone, you can probably get away with just most cleansers that you can find as long as it doesn't have SLS or fragrance or parabens. Those are the big offenders again. Okay. Uh, so depending on your skin type spend the money or not so but just know that it just it can make or break your situation if you're dry or acneic this actually leads me to the number four this is the moisturizer so this is another complex situation because it depends um i'm going to break it up into two categories because you have water-based moisturizers and then you've got oil-based moisturizers that's it your moisturizer is either water or oil that there is nothing else so If you are water-based and you like using creams or um, traditional moisturizers are water-based, then spend the money because because they're water-based, they are extremely effective, but they're incredibly complex to formulate. They they can be made cheap, but they're highly ineffective when they're cheap. They could be life-changing if you are trying to balance out your skin, but trying to find a non-toxic ingredient selection with that has proper preservation methods is incredibly challenging to find and so it's consequently hard to formulate it is not something to diy don't diy water-based because you start introducing mold and you don't know it it'll go bad and like at the drop of a hat and you will dip your finger into mold without knowing it and you will make yourself sick so spend the money if you're going for a water-based moisturizer and the good ones are worth it so story time Yes. When I got out of the med spa, I was devastated because I'm like, now I'm not getting skincare for free. And I wasn't getting samples from reps that were coming by. And I, there was just so much that I was missing when I left the med spa industry. But um, hashtag mama life. So <laughs> I don't regret it by any means. But for probably the first two years after I left the med spa, um, I was still paying out of pocket the $100 for the moisturizer that I used. And yes, it was $98. (laughs) It was very expensive, but it lasted me an entire calendar year. Let that sink in. A whole year? It lasted me an entire calendar year. I don't think I've ever had a product last me an entire year. Maybe a brow pencil. Maybe. Well, but I also understand that if I don't over dry my skin, I don't need to use as much moisturizer. If 
I am careful not to take super duper hot showers. I'll use less moisturizer, Mm. stuff like that. So it's like if you understand how not to like overuse the product, it can last a really long time. And my skin needed it. Like I had such dry skin. I mean, now that I've gone non-toxic, it's not as bad as it used to be. I'm also much more careful with my nutrition. It's not as bad as it used to be. Uh, So but when you're getting a water based moisturizer, trust me, spend the money. It's worth it. Got it. Got it. Okay, now oil-based. Um, Tell us about that. Oil-based moisturizers are always going to be facial oils. Like anything that is, sometimes you'll find oils mixed into water moisturizers, but really if there's any water anywhere in a product, it's just water-based because you have to have special preservatives in it to make it safe. But oil-based moisturizers don't need preservatives because they're inert. They don't, won't, bacteria can't grow in oil. They can become rancid. So that is something. So for me, this is a depends. You know, it's not you can fudge on facial oil, but you have to be willing to do your research when you're DIYing. So you have to be able to do your research on the molecular structure of each oil and what's going to work best from your skin, because the best facial oils are going to be a blend of more than like three or four. Anything more than three or four is like cherry. It's awesome. So because each oil has a different molecular structure, so it's going to rest differently in your skin, your body's going to use it differently because of that structure and that size. So there are some facial oils, if it doesn't soak into your skin quickly, it's probably not for you. It should never make your skin feel oily after about 10 minutes, right? So if you're willing to go on that journey and take forever to figure it out, totally be my guest. Like it's you can DIY and it is cheaper, but you'll find yourself buying things in bulk. So it'll be an investment up front. You have to make sure you do your research. You're, it's going to be a lot of, you know, throwing stuff at the wall and see what comes back sort of thing. See how your skin handles certain things. So if you're willing to go on that journey, you can make it cheaper okay. in the long run. Okay. But so it's that, a lot of work. So that was, that one is like, it depends. <laughs> see, and in my opinion, just go buy the beautiful facial oil blends from people that have been formulating things better faster (laughs) that's why they're there is to you know do that stuff so because like one facial oil one oil is not going to be as effective it's not going to be effective and people that try facial oil and they'll try like jojoba oil and they're like "Eh, it didn't work for me it's like well okay but jojoba oil is going to soak into your skin very quickly and so it's not going to keep you moisturized on a long-term basis so it's great for quick soaking in but it's not So anyway, so if you're for oil-based moisturizers, in my opinion, spend the money, but you can make a cheaper option if you need to. You just have to do your research. So everyone's going to want to know what you recommend for facial oils. So will you share that with us real quick? Yeah, the be all the beauty counter oils. Okay. I love those oils. They all have a blend of five to seven different oils um, in within those different formulas, one, two, and three, and they've got different benefits. And I honestly will change them up for the time of year I'm in. I use number one in the summertime. I use number three in the winter, and um, I actually double moisturize in the winter because I have dry skin. Even though it's a lot better, um, I just find that I become very sensitive in the winter because of how dry my skin is. So. I will use a cream base, like a water base and an oil based moisturizer in the same session. So at night I will put oil on, wait for it to soak in, like brush my teeth, do all that jazz. And then right before I go to bed, I'll put a cream moisturizer on because my face needs it <laughs> to feel I protected. I do that morning and night. 
because i have very that's dry not skin. a bad idea <laughs> yeah that's not a bad idea i probably need to do double moisturizing twice a day to be honest um also leilani has they, she calls them serums but they're moisturizers they're or they're facial oils they're just all different kinds of facial oils and i think she has a few extracts that she slides in there it's probably why she calls them serums um and serums can be gel based or oil based too so that's a whole nother conversation so but i'm trying to think of there's um those are really my favorite facial oils i really like the oils from herbivore botanicals as well i've heard such good things about yeah so like the blue tansy i've heard such good things yeah they have their blue tansy oil is um lapis is what it's called the facial oil and mm. I like their, they also have a, like a facial oil roller, which is really convenient and nice. Um, does the roller really work well or does it get clogged up? Totally works well. I love it. That's awesome. Um, and they have some Worth great, it. they have some other great products too, like um, some masks and things that I really like, but herbivore botanicals, they have some wonderful facial oils. They're pretty darn good value for the size that you get. Uh, and the blends are really, really nice. Um, and then Primally Pure also has some facial oil options that I hear that they're a little more budget friendly too. Yes. Friendly too. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. I mean, I would put all of them in the spending category. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's one of those things for me, like I, I, I am the person who spent years doing coconut oil and jojoba oil and, you know, random almond oil. I don't even know random oils on my face to try and see what would work and nothing worked. And then I switched to a blend that someone else curated for me. And I was like, yep. Oh, this is how we do it. Okay. <laughs> Cause it, do. and it was just like you said, like nothing felt like it soaked in or it soaked mm-hmm. in immediately. And then my skin was still dry. And I'm like, I literally just poured a vat of oil onto my face. <laughs> Why is it still dry? I don't understand. So, um, I, this is one category where I really believe in spending for sure. Cool. I love it. And and see, I think it's important to have all those different opinions. I will say my mom blends her own, uh, because she has uh, hypothyroidism and she has extremely dry skin and it gets extremely sensitive. So she puts a ton on and she's like, I need something a little more cost effective um, but we're, there's a lot of things that she's working on. That's for her in her mind is temporary. It's like, well, until I can get my skin more healed, I'm doing this, but she plans to move to a blend because she knows it's more effective when her body's not in a freak out state. So it's just knowing your body, knowing where you want to spend your money is super important. That, that brings me to number five. This is your SPF option. So your sun protection option. This is, there's really kind of two categories in this one as well. There's the once in a while, like you go on a vacation, you use it or, you know, and I know there's a lot of people that talk about using it every day and how important that is, but let's be real. There's a difference between a body SPF and an everyday wear, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if you're buying a product that's every once in a while, I think this is a fudge category. If you can find one that is to your comfort level with your non-toxic ingredients, so for me, that's finding something that's not a chemical sunscreen that has no fragrance and doesn't have any terrible preservatives like parabens or BHT. Any of those things are like a no-go for me and are incredibly common in conventional SPF. So if it's once in a while, you can fudge, but you have to look a lot harder 
And if you don't want to look that hard, you're probably going to pay a little bit more money. That's just how it is. Yeah. And if you want to hear our recommendations for SPF options, there's, um, we have a episode on sun exposure. So I'll link to that in the show notes for everybody. Yeah. That's episode number five. Yeah. Sun exposure, sun protection, vitamin D. Yeah. And I talk about, there's a couple of brands that are in that budget category that are not going to give you like that amazing performance that you would want. Like, let's say on your face, if you're wearing daily SPF under makeup or something like that. Um, but like Badger and Baba Botanicals both make some products that I think are really great for, um, you know, like you're on a vacation and you know, you're going to be using like a metric ton of sunscreen while you're swimming and outside and all of that. And you don't want to splurge on, um, super nice, uh, beauty counter sunscreen, although a little bit goes a super long way, just like with the rest of their products too. So I tend to reach for their sunscreen and not just because I'm a consultant and I get a discount, but because it is literally the best. <laughs> um, so it soaks, it like rubs in the best. Yeah. I mean, it's, you don't have that white cast that you get with other zinc based sunscreens, but if you want to know more and you're joining us, um, later on and haven't listened to why choosing a zinc based sunscreen is incredibly important, please go listen to episode five. Yeah. That brings us to everyday wear. So if you're, if you're, going to be wearing something every day and you know your skin needs it because you're really fair or you've dealt with skin cancer in the past spend the money this is a definite spend the money category because if you're looking for something that is going to be like a staple for you this is a like no compromise situation because texture is important ingredient selection is important finding one that works under your makeup possibly or under extreme conditions like if you know you need every day because you're like a river raft guide (laughs) or something like that and you don't want to look like a ghost spend the money for sure because we all like i don't know if you guys know this but chemical sunscreen exposure is gross so (laughs) for everyone and everything it really is like yeah it's harmful to your body it's harmful to the environment it's really i mean we uh, we ought to not be it should not be on the shelf like chemical sunscreens should not be on the shelf and be really careful, you know, no matter what brand that you guys choose and find works for you and your family, uh, make sure that even if it, if it says on the label that it's a mineral based sunscreen or it's a zinc based sunscreen, you flip that over and you look at not only the active ingredient list, but the inactive ingredient list, because on the active ingredient list, often you will see, it'll say zinc base and it'll say like zinc oxide, you know, 15%. And then below it, it's like avabenzone. And you're like, what the heck? That's, like I thought I was usually choosing. a blend. Yeah. And like, yeah. there's a couple of baby sunscreen brands that like fit this category that I've seen shopping. And I just look at that and I'm just like, what the heck? People think that they're doing um, well, so don't trust the label. If it just says it's a mineral sunscreen, it's probably not all mineral. Flip it over, take a look at it, make sure you're avoiding those chemical based sunscreens. Yeah, for sure. It'll usually say mineral based. That's the key for me to go. Wait a minute. Mineral based. <laughs> mineral like, based. I want something that says pure zinc oxide based sunscreen or whatever. Or you physical know. sunscreen or just anything. I still read all of my ingredient labels sun black. I have trust issues, but <laughs> well, right. No, I've, can yeah. I tell you how many times I've bought something and brought it home and been like, oh, why didn't I'm not going to take this back because I didn't read it closely enough or. Yeah. Anyway, and, so and as you guys go. Yeah. As you guys go and, and weigh your options and all any and all of these categories, just a reminder, like really go through and look at your ingredients list. Use the environmental working group skin deep database to determine um, you know, your, whether you would like to use that product or not based on how it rates and, uh, you know, kind of, we, we have a rule in our home that we don't choose anything above a three. 
And we, you know, that goes for household products and, and skincare and makeup and all of those things. And use that as a tool as you're kind of looking through your options at your local health food store or online and see, um, you know, what's, what's actually healthy because you can't trust those words, you know, natural, non-toxic, mineral-based, plant-based, botanical, blah, blah, blah. They're they all... Mean- Nothing. Yeah, I mean, all of those words are meaningless in an industry that is self-regulated, a hundred percent self-regulated. So they can say whatever they want. Uh huh. So we're we're working on it. We're we're working on it. But can I be real though? I'm like a I'm like a ninety ten. Yeah, I'm like a ninety ten because there's just some things that I haven't. After my first year of going non toxic and really changing all my things up, there were just some performance things that I was really missing, and it was affecting my mood mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just one of those things where i'm like ah i just sometimes you need hairspray it's like just sometimes like several times a year <laughs> sometimes you need an eyelid primer because you got greasy lids like i do which is so annoying <laughs> i have super greasy lids and dry skin so i like. were the same human by the way <laughs> <laughs> i'm the same so, I mean, it's, it's, we have a rule very similar in our house. It's, we don't do anything. We don't buy anything above a three as well. Just for every day, but there's occasional things or specific yeah. things you want to splurge on. So, or I'm much more intentional. I know what I'm buying. Yep. I know what it's for. I don't use it every day. I, it, it's just one of those things and that I just choose to use, but it's an educated choice. Yep. So. 100%. I'm with that. That brings all... me to the fun stuff, though. Oh, yeah. We can talk about this is color cosmetics and like nail products and stuff. So we've already done the things that people do every day. Now, this is the stuff that I get probably the most questions on because this is the part that people don't want to go non-toxic on because it's it's a lot because it's kind of hard. It's hard to find dupes for things and well and you you find what works for you and i mean like people will buy the same foundation for like 40 freaking years because they're like i don't want to switch foundation or they'll buy the same lip liner or the same brow pencil or because it just works and it becomes a part of their identity right because that's just it makes them feel like themselves so this is can be kind of a, a hard journey but i feel like color cosmetics is the first category i want to talk about so anything that's like pigmented like lipstick blush uh, eye stuff, eyebrow, anything, face, anything that's got color in it, I don't think is taken seriously enough because you can find quote unquote natural stuff all the time that they're doing their best to be natural. But the biggest problem is, is that there's no consideration for the heavy metal load that is being carried into these cosmetics. And I get so many women that are like, oh, I don't wear makeup. And I'm like, but y'all wear mascara. I see a mascara on your eyelashes and you wear colored chapstick. Well, and sometimes you wear eyeliner and you don't realize how often you wear it. You'll wear it, you know, three out of the seven days a week. That's often enough to really take a look at it and go, "Eh, how do I feel about this product in general? So I broke this down into parts on the face. So for your eyes, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly because there's a lot to talk about. But for eyeliner, spend the money. Because let's face it, this gets rubbed into your eye. It moves around. It never just stays on top of your skin. It's going into those viscous parts of your eye. Spend the money. Trust me. And that doesn't mean that it's going to have ridiculous performance all the time. So for me, back in the day, (laughs) conventional wise, 
eyeliner was really important that it never moved like it whenever however I put it it stayed put right but these days I actually like a really smudged out look and I like that it's not this really hard line so I get that it comes and goes with trends and things like that but in my opinion spend the money I'm telling you if you go to all those grocery stores that are like natural and organic and things like that you're gonna find eyeliner pencils and they're gonna be disappointing so spend the money for eyeshadow, this is this is gonna be a lot of spend the money categories because makeup is spend the money with Genevieve. Surprise, surprise! No, <laughs> yeah, right. Surprise, surprise. But the the reason why is because with eyeshadow, I feel like every woman needs needs at least one go to palette, mm-hmm. and it's something that you're gonna splurge on and you're gonna keep a long time. And truthfully, eyeshadow was and color cosmetics was one of the most disappointing categories to me. Period. When I went non toxic. Like I'm talking five and six different kinds of parabens inside these products and mineral oils in eyeshadows. Why? Fragrance (laughs) and concealer. Like what? What? Who needs their concealer to smell? This is like they're covering something up, right? Yeah. And Um, I'm like, there's got to be other ways to make it not smell bad than putting chemical junk. Anyway, it was just... I was really disappointed in a lot of my luxury brands and a lot of it is because I had to I had to physically go to the stores and read their boxes just to find out the ingredients on things that I had purchased a few months past that I didn't have the box for anymore. It's like you can't easily research ingredients. So when you're going to go buy them, I encourage you to really look at the ingredients on the label. You're going to find parabens. You're going to find mineral oils. Those are the most common things you're going to find. If you don't find those things, you're going to find really complex chemical names. Yeah. Look them up. Well, and because you you don't I, know what's going to be in there. I've learned, you know, over the years that a really fantastic eyeshadow palette um, that's non toxic. And obviously, I'm going to choose a beauty counter one because I know our safety testing. If you guys want to learn more about um, the uh, contamination, heavy metal contamination, and color cosmetics, check out episode ten, I believe. I'll make sure mm-hmm. to link in the show notes for you guys. Uh, but you know, in all of this, I'm not a major makeup person. So for me, I was like, why would I drop 50, 60 bucks on a great eyeshadow palette if I'm not going to use it very often? And the truth is if I have a great eyeshadow palette, I will use it more often than I think because it's easier to create a look when you have a few options in front of you that you know are cohesive. Like that palette was likely crafted by someone creative who said all of these colors could go together in various ways. Right. Mm -hmm, And, but mm -hmm. the one thing I do want to say is like, if you buy a really great eyeshadow palette and you have a great flat liner brush, you don't have to spend money on eyeliner because you can just use your eyeshadow for eyeliner. (laughs) And guess what? I also do my brows that way too. Yeah. If you like the palette and it's got a great shade in there for your brows, a really nice sharp eyeliner brush will do the job if it's wetted down a little bit and it's my favorite way to do it so it's it's you're spending the money but there's so much variety in it and for me this was the most exciting part about beauty counter and about getting on board with beauty counter as a makeup artist and becoming a consultant was seeing how careful they were with the heavy metal load in their color cosmetics because some of the most beautiful colors out there there is no consideration for how much heavy metal is in it well and once it's formulated they don't no. Well, and you know, with something with super high pigment is going to carry a lot of garbage with it because that's how they achieve the high pigment. 
and so. different colors carry different load and yep. so it's and different and different batches and different mm-hmm. i mean every single batch is going to have a different heavy metal mm-hmm. load for sure and correct me if i'm wrong but our bodies have a really hard time chelating heavy metals so if we're doing this over long periods of time like i've been wearing makeup since i was see actually i'm pretty sure i've been wearing makeup since i was like 13 it off can, and on yeah it can build up in 13. your system yeah it can be and, difficult to detox from the body and here i am 34 and i'm going to continue to wear makeup off and on for probably the rest of my life that's a big deal you know even if you don't wear it that often just having it knowing that the heavy metal load is being put into consideration in the formulation is such a big deal to me and i don't know any other company that is doing that there are companies out there that are like we're all natural and it's and i've asked well tell me about your heavy metal testing do you know what the load is like and it turns and the response backs are is always funny it's oh there's no heavy metals in this that's literally impossible it's you have impossible. to have you can't have pigment without you either have synthetic which is fine but there are certain synthetic colors that can't be made well or responsibly <laughs> in, in to get that color load so it's like if you there has to be heavy metals but how careful are you with that formulation so for me really eyeliner eyeshadow uh those things are all about spend the money mascara is a the next topic that one's hard for me it's spend the money as well this one's hard because you need to buy new mascara every like three to six months anyway even if you love it and you only ever wear it once in a while you really need to buy new mascara every three to six months because you're opening it putting on your eye putting it back in and introducing bacteria to it it dries out the performance isn't good it really needs to be something you rebuy every three to six months but the hardest part about mascara is that we expect so much out of mascara like a it's lot it's like it's like yeah be creamy in the bottle but dry stiff to hold a curl but never smudge even in watery conditions unless we want to take it off it's like you know and then it better come off the exact moment we expect it to like this is a category that is going to be very challenging in the non-toxic clean world because there are so many expectations and everybody's eyelashes need different a different formula like there's very few people that could say or very few companies that say their one mascara works on works really well on every eyelash yeah it may pigment it but it's a hold a curl for every eyelash direction and shape and you know thickness and density and just length and like there's so much about it so for me if you find a mascara that you like and you've tried them all and you know that they're much more careful with their formulation and their ingredient selection, spend the money. Because okay. I feel like this category has a long way to go. Same with eyelid primer, but I'll be honest, I haven't found a clean eyelid primer. If you have found an eyelid primer that works for oily lids, tell me now. Somebody <laughs> out there. That's non-toxic. Oh my gosh, that's in the clean non-toxic world. This is part of my 10% is eyelid primer because face it the performance needs to be there well and you're not um, wearing you don't need eyelid primer every single day that you do a look no. right you it's can like do event it based or event if or i know i'm gonna be out all day yeah 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 absolutely yeah so that's part of the reason why it's the 10 percent. but i'm telling you if you found it tell me so lips is the next category so for me if it's lipstick spend the money because you're eating it a you lot li- that's one of the top things to switch out first i'd say it's the first thing truthfully most women that come to me and they're like i want to go non-toxic but i don't know where to start i always start them with a lip product yep because every woman has got a lip a lip gloss 
a lip conditioner, a lipstick, something that they put on their lips every day. I very rarely come across people that don't put something of that capacity on their lips every day. And so for me, it's really important that you spend the money because this one is going to affect much more than your outsides. Um, But also it, if you still want to be able to put this lipstick on, forget about it, look fabulous all day. And let's face it, it can make or break a look, spend the money. So you talked about lip conditioning being in this category where we can kind of fudge. Um, I do have a couple of recommendations that I really love that are really inexpensive. So I love the beauty counter lip conditioner. I, you know, technically it's more pricey, but it's a lot of product. It's going to last a really oh long time. Oh my gosh, it lasts forever. The calendula is my fave. I think peppermint That was a surprise. Is, is, I love that one. Okay. Okay. Peppermint I didn't lovely. think I would love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but what I was going to say was uh, Portland Bee Balm, which is obviously a local product, but you probably have some sort of like local non-toxic company that makes great lip balm that's easy to find at your health food yeah. store. Like It's in all the, about reading the ingredient selection. Just read the ingredients it's, selection. Yep. And a lot of them. As long as it doesn't have fragrance in it, it's probably going to be okay. Yep. And then I also like Primally Pure and that's a tallow based hmm. one. And those individual lip balms are mm. like four bucks. They're just so cheap. So that's, obviously, that's super cool. yeah. And so pick up a couple other things from Primally Pure and then throw some lip balms in your, in your cart for sure. Uh, for me also, it's about making sure that there's no mineral base in there. Like I truthfully, a lot of petroleum based products out there, they're not great for your lips. They're rather addicting. They make your skin shed like crazy, but then you're going to need the continual moisture on top of it. So it's like a product that you can't stop using because it's just this train. It causes this shedding that needs to be nourished all the time. So as long as your lip conditioner, it doesn't have any petroleum based product in it. I think you're going to be fine. I love your recommendations. I would be curious to try the tallow. That sounds great. I really like it. And they have some really yummy um, options as far as like the, you can call it, is it called flavor when it's on your lips? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think it would be like, yeah. yeah. So the next category is face. This is my last in the like fun stuff. So I think this one's going to be a duh, but spend the money because oh it's such a big area of skin that you know, just a percentage of how much skin it's touching. It's important to make sure that it's safe, especially if you've got dry skin, especially if you have acneic skin. Um, but I will say I personally, as a makeup artist, choose to spend more money and spend my money on concealers because the foundations, they're, they're important to have the right color selection, but I don't use them nearly as often as I do concealer because the concealer needs to work, right? It, it's got a function beyond just let's like blend it to the whole face. But for me, I spend so much time working on my skin personally. This is not just working on clients, but I spend so much time working on my skin that a lot of times I can take my concealer and blend it from the center of my face out and it works beautifully. So for me, it's about spend the money, but also choose where you're going to spend it. The concealer, the foundation, how often do you use it? That sort of a thing. So that's definitely definitely a spend the money category. Okay. Um, as far as concealer and stuff goes, I, um, I was just going to say I started using the RMS Beauty uh, concealer, mm-hmm. the little pot. And I use that on days where I really need like more coverage um, when I'm looking real tired. <laughs> um, but that's actually been working pretty well for me for an eyelid primer as well. If I throw on some 
you know, translucent powder over the top of it. So cool. I've been playing with that one. I love the beauty counter one, but it just, it's going to give it's you like medium coverage. Yeah. Medium. If you need full coverage, yeah. you might need to try something different. Hint beauty. So as another one of my favorites, hint beauty, H Y N T. And I love hint beauty. They, they've gotten all sorts of awards in Australia. I think that they've, they're a, an American based company, but Australia is kind of ahead of the game when it comes to caring about this kind of stuff. And so there's a lot more of a market there. So you're if, if something's gotten an award in Australia for, you know, clean, natural, non-toxic beauties, it's legit. That's it's so funny because they they were really ahead of the game in like the paleo nutrition um, like movement as well. Super interesting. Yeah, I believe it. it's like once you become aware of what's going on in your body, you start to question on what's going outside your body. So uh-huh. that makes a lot of sense. But Hint Beauty's got a good concealer. I do like the concealers. If you're into a radiant look from Vapor, they come in stick form and they are so beautiful on the skin. And they're, it's an organic product. Um, they're much more careful with their formulation than anyone else I've ever seen. I don't know their policies on heavy metals, but um, Vapor pops up in a lot of the non-toxic world for other things. And they're, it's very radiant, but honestly, one of my favorite combinations lately has been using Vapor on my under eyes and then putting the Beauty Counter Mattifying Powder on top of it. And it doesn't make me look so matte that I look flat it because it's so radiant underneath it with the mattifying on top I feel like it's just looks really beautiful and clean radiant instead of like shiny mm-hmm. anyway so that's one of my favorite combinations but the hint beauty dries matte awesome um, so it's a little more traditional matte in that respect so the last category I want to talk about before we get to listener questions is nail products this is a big one this because is a big one you think okay so for probably about a year I was not putting anything on my nails and it was driving me insane like I like having my nails done this is part of my self-care like when I don't have my nails done I don't feel my best self like I don't and I like the artistry of it I think it's fun so this category is um, pretty broad because you want to go into a nail salon but then you have to deal with all the fumes You have to deal with somebody else choosing something non-toxic next to you or something toxic next to you because the powder goes up in the air. Like it's impossible to go into a nail salon and feel like you can really like make a non-toxic choice because it's more than just you in the salon. So we have compiled a list of things that you need to spend the money on because it, it it's also a collection thing let's face it like you don't wear one color of nail polish your whole life you like a collection of it you know so it's like sometimes it takes a little time uh so we had we compiled some lists of things like 10 over 10 is a brand and cassie was telling me a little bit more about this company i am impressed yeah so 10 over 10 is a um, non-toxic nail brand that also has some really, really great, um, efforts in just pursuing non-toxic nail salons. So they're actually on quite the movement to bring, um, more and more salons out throughout the country where you can go in and get a non-toxic manicure with all the other products used in that process as well. So come to Portland, please come to Portland. It's so well received, right? (laughs) Um, and I don't know where, I mean, I can look up, um, some salon locations, 
I'm pretty sure they're in um, New York. Yep, there's a couple in New York. Uh, Austin, Texas, and LA is where you can find them right now. But you can shop their products online and they've got some great uh, nail care kits and some great gift sets. And then they have polish as well. But what I love about 10 over 10 is their mission. So they've got a great um, chemical recycling program and bottle. That's so cool. Yeah, bottle recycling program for their products. And then they also do... Um, uh, they're also in the Counteract Coalition, which is a organization um, that Beauty Counter has put together to, you know, really bring these brands who are all trying to cultivate and create really meaningful change in the personal care industry. And some other brands on that list are Anne Marie Skincare, um, Bio. Biosense. I can't. I never. Biosense. Biosense. Um, Coat, which is another one we're going to talk about in a second. That's a a nail polish option. Uh, Folane, Goddess Garden, um, Josie Moran, uh, Osea, Pete Rivko, Rahua Hair Care, which is another hair care line that I really like. Some of their products. Um, Seventh Generation, Silk Silk Therapeutics, SW Basics. 10 over 10 vapor organic beauty and vintner's daughter so these oh, are all yay. part. I, th- I thought vapor was part of the coalition but I yeah wasn't sure. so this is like basically a collection of several um clean high performance beauty and um, non-toxic product brands and they are like leading the charge with talking to leaders in washington dc to try and get the personal care product safety act passed um and they are balking at the idea of working with competitors so this is something i really love because if we're gonna bring this message forward collaboration is everything like we have Mm -hmm. no space to be like this is just the best and the only option because the point is to get other brands to take notice and follow suit with providing non-toxic products for everybody because that's what we deserve like we shouldn't just have to look to one or two brands to get what we need and so this this organization um, is coming together to really um, talk about how safe cosmetics are literally a consumer's right and rightful due And I believe so much of that is true. Mm -hmm. So this is why for me, um, you know, there's definitely a few like seven free nail polish brands that um, that I that I can shop at, you know, my local drugstore or whatever. But personally, for my polish options, I choose 10 over 10 and I choose coat because I know the kind of work that they're doing and I'm really proud to support it. And this is me voting with my dollar. So, yeah, I think it's important to be able to understand company policies that you want to stand behind. For, for me, I also shop Zoya, mm-hmm. which they have. They're a little more careful with their formulation. They're $10 a bottle versus 18 with coat and 10 over 10. So it's like if you're looking to create, like if you're looking a very for a very specific color, like you're in a wedding and this you've got a very specific color you're looking for, they have a great color selection. They don't really have any great like, company policies that we were able to find, um, but I do know they were one of the first free seven free I think they're 10 free now but they were first of the seven free things like the formaldehyde formaldehyde resin and um, some of the other really nasty things you find in traditional nail polishes polishes Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I think that it's important to be able to have all those things because for me nail care is going to be spend the money when you're buying polish so I also do um, the glue on so most of the time if you guys see nails on me and they're a little bit longer and they're kind of fancy looking they're probably glue ons This was a a process for me that I consciously made this choice because I couldn't find time to go in the salon 
Uh, and I haven't found any clean salons here and it gives me the heebie-jeebies. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to steer clear. <laughs> and two, um, I, I was trying to match up the time and the money to be able to do it. And like I said, it's part of like my self-care. And as a mom with young children up until about now, so for the past nine years, I could not not mess up my nails when I painted them myself. Like they were just constantly getting messed up no matter what kind of hard surface I tried to put on top of it. So um, I started looking at some of these glue on nail options. I personally like the kiss options and the glue that I buy is actually um, it's a one on the EWG. And it, I did that on purpose. I'm like, well, if I'm going to be putting the glue on and it's um, it's a you can do acrylic, but I believe the ones I picked were gel. The, the gels are my favorite. What's the brand for the um, for the nail glue? Kiss as well. So the key, you guys, is not using the glue that comes in the kit because one, it doesn't score well on the EWG and two, it doesn't work as well. It really doesn't. Don't use the adhesives. Those don't work. The little stickers. Um, but this was the the most non-toxic, non-toxic option I could find that didn't require me to go into a salon where all these fumes and the powders and things were in the air and the products I got to control what I was using because I was just using my own stuff. But yet my nails look like they came out of a salon. They look it really is, good. Like this I is not them. your average press-on situation. No, these are legit. And I have a YouTube video if anybody's interested in learning more about how my process is and what kind of selection I look for and you want to see what the glue looks like, you can go to Jenny B Beauty's YouTube and look for my nail video. Yeah, it's, and we'll um, we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, it's been so that's that's really my nail journey. Yeah, nails are part of my 10%. I bring I bring my own products to the nail salon. But I still do like the gel polish occasionally. And I know that there are some cleaner brands that are coming out with gel polishes too. So I might start bringing in my own. I hear there's organic powders out yeah, there. Yeah, you can like do that. Powders? or Yeah, I did that for a little while. But the I haven't been able to find a local spot for me that is doing dip powder um, well as far as mm-hmm. technique is concerned. Yeah, I just was not happy with the look several times. So I was like, fine, I'll, I'll sit on this for a little bit longer and then I'll switch back to dip powder when I find a place that I can go where I know I'm going to get what I what I want. Yeah, and the dip powders, they tend to be um, a lot less less toxic. Um, but I was going to mention um, Coat as well. So they're in LA and New York. So if you live in LA, LA and New York, you have lots of options for non-toxic nail care. Uh-huh. Um, but they this have... This is where voting for your dollar comes in. Because when it becomes bigger, there will be more. Right. Um, but they... Coat has a really great um, uh, recycling program as well. So if you're in either of those areas, you can bring any um, bottle uh, of nail polish in to recycle and they will give you 10% off your purchase. So, so cool. I love it. Yep. And it's just cultivating that, you know, like culture of, you know, once you know better, you do better. So this is, mm-hmm. this is, we need to do so not only for our, for our own bodies, but for the environment. All right. So that leads us to listener questions. So I have I have just a couple that I want to introduce because these were the ones that I said, okay, I get these enough that I want to talk about it. <laughs> Is there even such a thing as budget clean green beauty? The cheap brands are just so bad. <laughs> so... I completely understand because this is where I went when I first went non-toxic because I didn't know where else to look. 
Like I didn't know what other brands were doing a good job as far as like beauty goes. Because for me, when I think beauty, I think color cosmetics, I think um, maybe like facial skincare. But for the most part, I go to makeup. So let's just keep this in the makeup category. To be honest, it's there isn't a cheap brand early out there there because let's face it drugstore brands like you can get you can get a lipstick for five bucks for drugstore that doesn't really exist in the clean world yet you know what I mean but hopefully this episode will help you guys navigate like where to spend your money and recognize you know why so you can feel better about your purchases and things like that um the reason why the cheap brands are so bad because there is it takes money and it takes time to be able to get those crazy good formulations. And then the, that cost is going to be tossed off to the customer to be able to afford it. There's just there's just a difference in level. Like, for instance, when you go to like a natural uh, grocery store of some kind and you see that foundation bottle and you put it on and within 10 minutes you turn orange, it's because it's oxidized. And the only thing that's going to keep it from oxidizing is proper formulation that's going to hold on to that molecule and get, protect it for being exposed to oxygen, which takes a while to figure out because every brand's a little different. So, so just know that it's not there yet, but there are ways to um, invest. And in, like for me, I go through brow pencils like super fast because I do my brows all the time. So I've started to switch over to um, using eyeshadow and having a proper brush and um, learning how I like the strokes and the differences with there and things like that. And that's much more cost effective for me. Yes, I bought an eyeshadow palette, you know, it's like 50, 60 bucks, but I use it for many, many different things. So there is and there isn't. There's cost effective, but there's no cheap brand just yet. Not that I have found. Um, The next question is, how can I introduce makeup to young girls without breaking the bank? I love this question because this is so much more than just you know, how can I get makeup to my young daughter? It's how do I introduce makeup to young girls without breaking the bank? So I've thought about this a lot because Lucy's five and she already is talking to me a lot about makeup. Like she's already, she knows that I'm into it. She sees it around the house. She um, gets excited when I let her wear color on her lips. Like I know it's coming. Like we did her eyebrows for Halloween because she was Vanellope from Wreck-It Ralph. (laughs) And so she had darker brows and she asked for it. She's like, well, Vanellope eyebrows are much darker. And I was like, okay, well, we filled them in a little bit and she was just like, look at my eyebrows. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, so not only that, but she looked a million years older and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so for me, introducing um, makeup to young girls is also going to be about what's appropriate, which age, what is age appropriate, you know, uh, teaching them proper techniques so they don't need to use a ton. Like you don't need to use a brow pencil if you can use an eyeshadow and it's much more cost effective. You know what I mean? But it does take a little bit of teaching, you know? So as long as they're on YouTube, guys, YouTube. That's all I could, <laughs> well, and you, that, that's the reason why I did a YouTube channel. Well, and you um, talk about a brand Clee Kids or whatever. Yeah. That for the gift set and the holiday gift guide, that would be good for the little ones yes. to get to play with for play makeup. But if we're talking about like actually trying to look put together for school, like a young, yeah. young girl, that's a little bit different. I know. If we're talking about like a high school girl, like even young high school, it's like I think Clee Kids is great for girls that are in like sixth, seventh grade maybe. But um, the other thing that's hard is that like, the internet 
is forcing girls to see all these things that are just like you don't need to wear Kylie Jenner makeup at age 13 you know but these girls feel this pressure because they know how to so that because they can learn how to on the internet so there's just so much pressure to look a certain way so I've told my husband ahead of time now I'm like just so you know I'm not going to be that mom that's not going to let my daughter wear makeup period but I am going to be that mom that's like your eyebrows look awful go back to your room take them off and try again like I'm going to be that <laughs> mom that's going to be like your eyebrows are way too dark that is, I'm just, don't care if that's the fashion so it's it's all about what's appropriate and being able to teach so for me it's about going to the basics so Clee Kids is great because it's color so you can do eyeshadows you can do blushes you can do um, pigmented lip colors and things like that but they're more like chapsticks those are great options to start with but when you start moving into things like mascara um, brows they want to wear lipstick and colors and things like that I think this is also where it's like monkey see, monkey do. If they see what you're doing, they're probably going to want to do something similar. Uh, so letting them letting them have their own products that you know are going to be cost effective. Like truthfully, for me, it's the eyebrows can be really an eyeliner. Those two things can be very, you go through them very quickly because you have to sharpen it all the time. So having a good eyeshadow palette, even though it's expensive, will be the most cost effective in the long run. Plus it'll make them feel like legit, like uh, this is mine, like this is my makeup, you know? And then, then, and then picking three lip colors, anything beyond three, they probably won't need, whether it's like um, a really pretty like sparkly nude gloss um, picking one pop of color that they can wear if they're feeling sassy that day <laughs> and then picking something that is going to be more appropriate for like everyday wear just th- that's all you need and it might be more expensive but they don't need more than that you know what I mean so introducing something that's like natural but put together that's going to be cost effective for the long run I think that um, letting them experiment with mascaras because really like mascara is very challenging for every person in general. But those are those are really my long term thoughts on introducing young girls without breaking the bank. Love it. Pick the most important stuff and invest. Well, I think I'm really glad that you shared this um, information today because I think it's so hard to know as like a non-beauty person what it's important for me to spend money on and what I can kind of afford to to fudge on and it's, um, you know, not being dogmatic about, um, you know, just buying one brand and sticking to that, uh, you finding things that work for you and your family and deciding for yourself, like what's worth it to spend the money on, you know, some of these things that we mentioned, like, yeah, spend on, maybe you don't even use them. So guess what? You can just, you know, throw that category out and you're fine. <laughs> um, right. but so much of these products can be really versatile, And I think all of this has so much to do with, you know, the conversation we often have about choosing high quality food. Like, yeah, it's going to be more expensive, but it's also going to nourish your health, which in the long run is actually going to cost you less money, you know? And the thing is the same goes with skincare and makeup. You, you are choosing to nourish your health when you are voting with your dollar to buy non-toxic products, whether they're expensive or not. Right. And you are doing a disservice to your health when you are buying the toxic stuff just because Mm -hmm. it's less expensive. And in the long run, you're going to pay with your health. And so, you know, you just have to decide personally what your 80, 20, 90, 10, 70, 30, whatever it is, and what works for you and, you know, stick to that. And I think it's 
so individualized, but so much of this is just incredibly important for everybody to know about, you know, what choices we need to make in what categories. So thank you. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.